This is the House of Pop Culture. I'm Anthony Donovan. Amy Meredith. Derwood Murray. And Joe Reese. And for the next hour or so, we're going to talk your face off about all things pop culture related. Now, we all love memories of our childhood. I remember the look of pride in my father's face the first time I, at age three, successfully opened a beer can for him. <laughs> or knowing which ashtray was my mother's favorite and to have it by the bed waiting for her when she woke up. <laughs> or my brother beating me up for his friends and being kind enough to not charge them to watch. He's a real That's not kind. You could have gotten a cut, maybe. I, I could have. And a few bruises, too. But Well, then you're going to get... Yeah. Tonight's episode, we're going to talk about particular aspects of our childhood in a pop culture way, and we're talking, like, all right, break it down exactly what's going on here, Amy. I like to call this, hey, that wasn't for kids. <laughs> the Michael Jackson story. <laughs> uh, no. So, the R. Kelly story? Yeah, right? No. So, let's, let's say it's things that we watched or read as children... And we actually liked his children and then grew up and went, hey, that's not for kids. Or a joke in a movie that we liked that went right over our little heads. And then we grew tall into adulthood and we said, hey, that's not for kids. That's what we're talking about tonight. Now, this is going to be. In all, in all fairness, there's still jokes that I'll watch in something that someone has to tell me. I'll be like, oh, that's yeah. a sexual reference. Well, and, and I'm, I'm curious because, Joe, you're, you're the only one of the four of us that actually has children. So I am going to want to touch on later about how that has changed because I think there's a big difference from the era when we were kids uh, with Joe Derwood and myself. There's only a four-year age span. Uh, so we all kind of grew up in the same time. Nobody actually knows how old Amy Meredith is. I've heard a couple of stories, but mostly it involves a haunted amulet, a very uh, eccentric billionaire and a painting from the 15th century in Vienna and a talking bird. I am telling you again, it was not a painting. It is a picture drawn on a cocktail napkin from an airport bar. Okay. I'm pretty so, sure. But, but yeah. in any event, at least three of the four of us came of age in the 1980s uh, to, to the early 90s somewhat. And... Uh, I feel that the, it's going to be very interesting because I, I feel like kids had so much less supervision as far as what we watched because, I mean, I, I, know, I know Joe wasn't, but Derwood and I were latchkey kids. Yep. So we probably spent a lot of time alone, probably yeah. more so than Joe or Amy, I'm guessing. I had a life. Yeah. I, yeah, me and my brother. I mean, it wasn't until probably the 90s, like later 90s, like junior high or so that but Derwood, don't make, don't don't shake your head. I'm saying I had a life. I did. I wasn't a latchkey kid. But out of the four of us, I was raised the worst. Because when oh. I put my list together, yeah, oh yeah, there's no disputing that. Yeah. I don't think it any one of us here will dispute that. I'm just saying, kids, if she was raised badly. <laughs> no, I, I I get that. I'm just saying, just because I was a latchkey kid from first grade on, does not mean that I didn't have a life. My social life was popping in the third grade. Damn it. I, I just have a feeling that once all of and all those golden girls cosplaying turned out fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, kids. So this was kind of a hard thing for me to look up fun facts on, but I do have a couple of lists. But I figure we'll we'll go through ours first because I think our stuff is going to be more interesting than the things I've found. All right. Either that, or we end on a high note. (laughs) 
either end on a high note, which is better, or it ends up being that we just, you know, we get to mock everyone else and how they're stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, who wants to go first tonight? I'll go first this time, since I'm the one with kids that, um, so a couple of mine on my list are because of things that um, I've started showing my kids. And the first one is um, most of mine are involved things that are either references in movies that were not meant for kids or like either it's a joke that it's like, okay, you're just not going to have enough film experience, film knowledge, world knowledge to get that joke. Or it's a joke that is a sexual reference or something that's just going to fly over kids' heads because they have no idea. So um, the first one is a movie I, I showed the girls this summer. And it's got a resurgence because it's playing at drive-ins everywhere. And that is The Goonies. Mm. Because there are a few things. So in my head, when I was wanting to show the girls um, Goonies, um, they get kind of anxious when it gets to suspense and thriller and action type stuff. Thanks. So that's where I kind of, usually when I'm thinking, it's like, a few bad words every once in a while, like, you know, the chunk of, ah, shit, what? You were or, thinking, you know, or like, scary. yeah. Think, thinking to like, you know, knowing that like, you know, Back to Future 2, Marty's like, what, become assholes or something? You know, I'm like, okay, whatever. A few swear words, I don't give a shit. Um, they probably heard us saying it. Anyways, but thinking like, I'm thinking more from the, like, suspense. I'm like, I know there's a lot of suspenseful moments, especially as the kids are getting further and further towards one. I really, um, that in its own right is a whole different thing. But um, the, um, then they start the beginning, and I forget the beginning of the Goonies a lot the whole bit with the statue of David and then knocking it over and knocking the penis off of it. And then like, that's my mom's favorite part. Hey, if we were born like that, we'd all be pissing in our faces. Um, When mouth is translating for the um, housekeeper that speaks no English, about all the drugs in the different drawers, the attic is filled with with, um, Mr. Walsh's sexual torture devices. (laughs) Like, and thinking about, I'm like, and Lily can read now. Yeah, Thankfully, it goes by too quickly for her to put. So I, so I was able to tone down what was on there. I'm like, it's torture devices. I'm okay with talking about torture devices because violence is okay. Um, and then, like, you know, the whole thing, like, with, you know, Troy trying to look down Annie's shirt and all that. Mm. And so there's all those things. And it's like, well, God damn it. But it's the 80s. And the 80s were fucked up with kids' movies because... Dude, like the the, the, the the standards of practice just was like fell asleep that decade because I think, I mean, grand growing up as a kid of the eighties, four of my five are from the eighties. So, <laughs> well, all right, Derwood, you want to go? Sure. Uh, this was difficult for me. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of restrictions as a child when it came to what I consumed pop culture wise, and thus. I kind of grew up not knowing exactly what is or is not inappropriate for a child. Um, I pretty much know you shouldn't say the F word in front of a child, but it, Joe may notice whenever I'm around his children, I usually am just quiet because yeah. I don't want to appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so this was a hard list for me to gather, but I'll do my best. I kind of just went with things like uh, things looking back on it. Maybe a child shouldn't have been watching uh, or things that I didn't get as a child that now I understand better. Um, so I'm going to go with my first choice is a deaf comedy jam as a child, junior high, early in high school, probably not the most appropriate thing for me to be watching, but damn it. It was comic genius. 
that I got to witness. But, you know, there was a lot. I learned a lot, a whole <laughs> lot about um, sexual organs and uh, coitus uh, while watching Def Comedy Jam that I would go on to use in my adult life. So thank you, Def Comedy Jam. But I probably shouldn't have learned it from you. How often did they use the word coitus? <laughs> Never. Um, Derwood, how old were you when you started watching this? 13, 14, something like that. Would you think, would you say, yeah, a 13-year-old should be watching this? Uh, at the, I mean, now, sure. They get so much worse. At the time, that was so, it was so, I don't want to say vulgar. Vulgar is the word that they would use. I don't really think that it was vulgar, but vulgar is the word used, and it was so much more so than anything that was so readily accessible at that time. The only other thing I can compare it to is like Eddie Murphy's Raw, which is the only thing my parents ever forbade me and my brother from watching while we were growing up. They said that was too far. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's Raw was too far. Yeah, of course you watched it as a kid, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, my first one, and, and very much, very similar to Derwood's, mine is a list of things that were never patently for children, but I wound up seeing as a child, sometimes multiple times. And there were things that I didn't quite understand about it. And I remember when I was 10 years old, the, the favorite movie in my house that my parents, particularly my father, loved was History of the World Part One. Uh. Now, I'm 10 years old, and I did a killer impression of Madeline Kahn. And it was the only time my father would allow me to curse in front of other adults because he used to, like, he used to, like, gather the adults around and listen to me go, Will you please step on the same foot at the same time? My tits are falling off! Like, every time. And I, I actually, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you may recall a couple of weeks ago, I posted something about asking my father when I was seven years old what a hooker was. And one of the things that I can't appreciate because I'm an adult who does not have children, I can't appreciate the difficulty in explaining something, answering a question like that from a child. Deflect, and I was, deflect, deflect. I tr well, here's the thing. My dad tried and he was really bad at it. And I asked him what a hooker was, because I had heard that word somewhere, probably on HBO. And he was just like, well, a hooker is a woman who sells her body. And that's all he said. And I'm seven years old thinking, I had a million follow-up questions like, what are the optics on this? How does this even work? Does she, can you get her whole body? Do you get just a foot for less money? How, how, is it a layaway program? You get it later? <laughs> I took him so literally. And another example of how bad he was at this was in History of the World. It's the part where Empress, Nymph Empress Nympho gets a drink poured and he goes, I think it's Gregory Hines that goes, say when? And she looks at him and goes, 8.30. I didn't understand that when I was 10. Mm -hmm. So watching this movie for the umpteenth time with my father, I was like, what does that mean? And he said, she's going to meet him at 8.30. And said nothing else. Oh, I thought he was supposed to keep pouring until 8.30. Oh, my God, Derwood. <laughs> oh, no, oh, naive not. Derwood. Because that's I'm a word I use. That actually would have made a better explanation. But anyway, that's, that's mine. Mine are in no order, by the way. Yeah, mine either. Mine's okay. chronological. So, 
when I started thinking about this, as we all know, I was raised badly. I think we can all agree on that. Yep. Um, yeah. We'll see. One of the first things that came to mind was the Sleeping Beauty books by Anne Rice. Oh. My, wow. Wow. My mother bought these books for me when I was probably about 15 years old because I liked it. I'll learn you. It was dirty. It was dirty. And I remember reading them at the time and just being like, hee, hee, hee. It says penis a lot and vagina and like not really understanding what I was reading. Oh, that's some, that's some really clinical words to use in smut. I know. So a few years ago, when she wrote another book in the series, I was like, oh, well, I haven't read these in a while. I'm going to pick the whole series up and reread them. So I did. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> I'm rereading these things thinking, what the hell was my mother thinking? <laughs> like, blind me. She wasn't. She probably didn't know. She's like, ah. Yeah, that's what my whole thing is like. You, you kind of have to look out for it. She just probably thought, oh, it's just a take on Sleeping Beauty. It's not a take on Sleeping Beauty. Well, some of the things, like, with, like, there um, there was a comic, basically a Sleeping Beauty one with, like, Alan Moore did, who did uh, Watchmen and all these other things. But, yeah, it's basically along the same lines. And, yeah, no, not for kids. No, I'm not saying they're not good books, because I do enjoy the books. But definitely shouldn't have been reading it at 15 years old with no context and nobody to actually because i wasn't going to talk to a mom can you explain to me what a dildo statue is (laughs) (laughs) okay now i have follow-up questions (laughs) is this a it was a very awkward book report in high school a statue of a dildo no statue of a man with a huge penis that's my mom's favorite piece Yeah, just, that was the first one that came to my mind. Not for kids. Go Back to you, Joe. All right, my next one is from 1987. It's one of my favorite Halloween time movies. Has one of the greatest lines ever, which is kind of on the list, but I knew what it was, so I knew what it meant. Um, It was a, the only, I would say the only kid movie written by Shane Black which, if you don't know who Shane Black is, he did, um, he wrote Last, um, Lethal Weapon, Last Boy Scout, Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys. Well, this movie from 1987 is The Monster Squad. Um. And great movie. I love it. Very 80s. Like, very 80s. Like, Laszlo from um, Real Genius, or for you, slightly younger people than me, but not quite young kids, um, was Cousin Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, plays the wolf man. And he... <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's... So a few things, like the whole bit, basically they need a virgin to recite this Latin thing from a book to open this time portal to send all the monsters back to their wherever... And they have the main the main hero, the kid, his older sister, and she starts reading it. And then the Van Helsing guy is all like, wait, are you a virgin? She's like, he didn't count. Yeah, didn't get that. <laughs> and then, but, you know, of course, the best line ever is the exchange of kick him in the nards. Wolfman don't got nards. Kicks him in the nards. Wolfman's got nards, which apparently there's a documentary 
that um, was made a couple years ago called Wolfman's Got Nards about that movie, <laughs> written and directed by the lead from nice. Monster Squad. It's it, I think it's coming out soon now. It was it did like the film circuit a couple years ago, but this is the first entry on my list that because it was the eighties, dropping the f the other f bomb uh, in a movie was not um, it, it happened because they're in the eighties dropping the F-A-G word or some version of that as just, hey, Bob, you know, kind of like, was like, whatever. And that uses it there. Well, so there are times are like, eh. It's actually one of my favorite movies. I was 12 when it came out. And uh, I wanted to see every scene with Andre Gower in it over and over and over again because I was slowly discovering that I was, in fact, an F-A-G word. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Derwood. Word. Okay. So this one's obscure. You're not going to know what I'm talking about here, but I'm going to explain my experience. So Bill Cosby himself. No. Oh. So I, um, I did uh, theater in high school. Uh, when I was a junior, I got to do a play called Bury the Dead. Uh, kind of existential piece. Uh, we're soldiers who were buried, then we're coming out of our graves, and we're telling our story to our significant others and our sisters and stuff like that. Um, I played a character who was really enamored with women. And to my cishet brain, I just was a big old lover and a player, right? Uh, and I, I was thinking about this the other day and some of the lines that I had in that show. Um, I remember I was so enthused that I got to say, noticing the way their breasts bounce up and down inside their dresses. I got to say that and so I was so, I was so happy because I got to talk about women and their boobs. Um, thinking about that and that character and all the lines that I had to say and the last line that I had and actually that bit where I said it had nothing to do with sleeping with them. Um, my character was gay and I didn't know it. And I just figured that out like uh, a couple weeks ago. And looking back on it now, I'm like, I missed out on actually subtext. It's the stuff you learn about like when you actually study theater, uh, subtext, uh, reading between the lines and figuring out what a character actually is. Uh, that I hadn't had the chance to learn yet. This, this was and an entirely wholesome titty obsession. <laughs> that's, I thought that I was just going to get to just with my hormone infused ass. Mouthy, talk about boobs. And yes, exactly. Get to squeeze them. Uh, but no, my character, my character was gay and quite possibly wanted to be a woman. Oh. Uh, and I didn't quite understand that at that age. And now I do. And now I wish I could do that show all over again. And play that What's character. Stopping you? Uh, COVID. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing is stopping. Absolutely you. nothing. Yes, nothing is stopping me. But anyway, so yes, yeah, there's that. Me there's there's that obscure nugget for you. Enjoy it. Wow. <laughs> we all know that show. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Barry oh. the Dead by Irving Shaw. And was that a Scorsese all, film? <laughs> that's and, and and I. It's good. It's good that you had growth both as a man and as an actor and as an adult in understanding that, I would probably say you had a shit director for not exploring that side of it. True. Uh, I had a high school director who probably couldn't. Hey, 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 hey. There are some brilliant high school directors out there. No, no, no. no I'm not saying she wasn't good. Lane Wilson was great. However, Lane shit. Wilson directed your show? He Wilson, <laughs> my high school theater teacher. I think she would have been allowed to broach that subject at that time. Uh, this was 19, 
94. Oh, so, but, but, you know, an underclassman talking about bouncing titties is okay. Well, I mean, it's a little bit pushing the envelope, but I mean, yeah, that's where our society was. I as can my, as my one time my one time boss who was a raging sexist and misogynist pig who eventually got fired from our company for sexual harassment once said to me, uh, it's okay to cut off a breast but not caress one on film. So I mean, that, might be, that might be part of the reason that they didn't discuss it with you. Like if you talked about cutting off them titties, maybe uh, okay. it would have been a, a, some some scene work. Right. That right. dark really quick. It like did. It. Move no, on. Your turn. Okay. Let me see. Try to bring us all down, you bummer. Reference my list. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh, my next one is uh, music, actually. Um, Shocking. When I, was a, when I was a kid, I grew up in a household full of music. I've, I've talked about it many times. My father was an oldies disc jockey and musician, so I knew all the 50s and 60s. My mother was obsessed with pop music and dance and club music, which at the time was disco. And my brother was into all the sounds that were coming out of New York, the like funk and R&B, the, the things that would eventually become hip hop. So, so we welcomed all kinds of music in our household. So it was not unusual for my mom to like buy records and tapes for me for stuff that I liked. And she knew that one of the artists that both she and I enjoyed was Prince. And, uh, when I was seven years old, my mom got me a copy of Prince's new album, which at the time was 1999. Uh, and at, at, to this day, 1999 is still one of my favorite songs. And, you know, there's great songs on it, like Little Red Corvette, Delirious, good stuff. Um, I was particularly enamored of a song on this, this cassette called Let's Pretend We're Married. Now, uh, it was released as a single in 1983, and, you know, in some places you did hear it on the radio, but on the radio cut, it fades out before, because the whole track is like eight minutes long, because Prince had no idea how to land the plane. But if you listen further, you then hear more, and I think my mom didn't quite anticipate that the remainder of this song would have some words that her seven-year-old probably shouldn't hear, including... I sincerely want to fuck the taste out of your mouth. Oh, and, shit. <laughs> that's hot. Yeah, and he just keeps going, I want to, I want to, I want to fuck you. I want to fuck you. Wait, that like all the, the, that the, wasn't the, in the radio edit? No, right? <laughs> what, a, what a time to be alive, the 80s. But so all of a sudden, like, I, I caught wind of this before my mom did, and I didn't have headphones, so I would be in the family room against my father's huge ass speakers with the volume turned way down, listening to Prince be like, I want to fuck the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, my mother's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> and, you know, one thing I was never able to lie, so I hit rewind. <laughs> And the next thing you know, my cassette copy of 1999 flew out the window. <laughs> Never seen that again. So uh, that is something that I uh, there were no and you, this is this is this is pre Tipper Gore. You got to remember. So there weren't even any parental advisory stickers on albums back then. So if you didn't hear it on the radio, you just had to take your chances of whether or not Prince wanted to fuck the taste out of your mouth at seven years old. So you know that was. I shouldn't have listened to that. No. I understand now where my mother was coming from. <laughs> eh. you know, still one of my favorite songs, though. 
Okay. Um, I'll stay with music. I have a music. I have uh, one on mine, a song on mine. Uh, I grew up in the dance world, uh, competition dance. I'm one of those girls. Uh, and when I was little, about eight years old, we did a dance to Grease Lightning. <laughs> and, our, and our little poodle skirts and our little polka dotted tops, just dancing for all it's worth. Jump aboard that pussy wagon, girls. I, with those <laughs> lyrics. I did not realize until I was older and actually listened to the song Grease Lightning mm -hmm. that maybe as an eight-year-old, I should not have been dancing to such a song. Wait, do you think Danny Zuko sang Get Lots of Tit and secretly he wanted to be a woman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe. Yes. Considering uh, who played him in the movie, maybe. Mm -hmm. I, I would maybe enjoy the movie. Yeah. <laughs> just adorable little girls. If, if the tit he wanted to get was his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, and you know what? We would love him in that shitty, shitty musical just as much. Just adorable little girls in poodle skirts dancing to that song. And nobody was like, no, hey. No. Wagon. Yeah. Can I tell you, there are fewer things in the world that enrage me more than watching a professional theater company perform Grease and altering those lyrics. I'm like, God damn it. I paid real money. We're all adults. I want to hear Pussy Wagon. What the fuck is a whistle wagon? Is it a wagon made of whistles? Is it a wagon from which they sell whistles? I was here dragon wagon. I've heard dragon wagon. Sound engineer Joey, we need a ruling on this. I, I have also heard purdy wagon. A uh, purdy wagon. I also heard cunt train. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite place to buy a bed. <laughs> Oh, I want a t-shirt that says that. Was, that. That, was, that, was, that, was, that was Coltrane's porn name. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. Back to you, Joe. On that note. Um, so the next one is uh, my next two are actually two movies from 1989. So right around the time I was turning 10. One of them I did see in the theater, which is this one. And it's one that um, we're getting the third installment right now. And that is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah, uh, yes. And while there's lots of great things, and as an adult, I can really appreciate the movie, this movie because I think it's actually fairly smart. Like, the amount of jokes that are in there that you need to know about those historical figures that just go over the head. Like, one of the bits um, that went over, well went over my head as a kid was uh, wherein they're in the um, the mall and Billy the Kid and Socrates are hitting on the girls and then they go over and talk to him. And Freud walks up and he's all like, and you can call me Zicky. And he's holding a corn dog. And he's holding the corn dog kind of facing up. And then they start laughing at him and walk away. He's like, is it something I said? But you might not notice, he slowly is dropping the phallic corn dog down as though it has taken the erection out of his pants. Very nice. Given, given Freud's um, penchant for um, dicks um, and all that sort of stuff. But then um, when they're, when they meet their old, old selves and they're like, we're thinking, you know, what number are we thinking of? And they go 69. And they're like, yeah, as a 10, I had no idea what 69 was. So I I'm like, Wow, they got that. Wow, I still that's. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. You've never seen Jane. Bill Ted's Excellent Adventure? 
It's good. I've never seen any of them. It's so it's so shameful. Oh. And there's there's all the stuff with Missy, and um, the fact that basically Missy was a senior when they were freshmen, and now she's married to Bill's dad, and they kicked them out of Bill's room so that Dad and Missy could fuck. Um, I don't I don't think I quite got what they were gonna do, but I got some of that, and then you know they're always talking about it, but then at the end when during the presentation when Freud is examining Ted and he turns to Bill is like, do you want to go? And it's like, no, I just have a minor edible complex, <laughs> which again, as a kid, as a 10 year old, no idea what that means. And sadly, it's also another, they drop the F bomb in it. So. Oh uh, yeah. Cause eighties. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Jarwood. Okay. So mine's also in music. Mine's also Prince. And it's funny you mentioned Tipper Gore, because uh, I'm going there. Mine is uh, Darling Nikki. Uh, I can remember asking my parents what it meant to grind. Um, and they said it meant to make, No, they said it meant to make love. And then I was just like, well, I don't know what the fuck that means either. But I'm tired of asking questions. Um, can you do that with Play-Doh? <laughs> I still don't quite understand what it means to... So I uh, met her in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine. That sounds painful. Yeah. I don't, was she, was she just, I mean, what she, she there's a lot of ways that can be interpreted and I, I really don't know what it means. What? She was looking at a magazine. Are we sure? It Are may have been sure? an Ikea catalog. Because <laughs> man, let me tell you. <laughs> anyway. I, I should not have listened to that song at the age I was when that song came out, but I did. Um, and it just brought up a whole lot of questions that to this day, I don't have answers to them all, but I love that song. It's Thank you. Song. Yep. To you. All right. My next one is another film from the eighties that usually if you think about this, you'd be like, oh, okay, well this movie is for teenagers. And it's one of those things where it just has not, aged well but I went through a lot of self-discovery watching this movie uh, and that is weird science mm. so oh, if, yes. you think about, if you think about the movie it is so like the, the concept has not aged well I no. movie. it's a great movie oh I love it but yeah it's horrific if you think about it yeah. but I will tell you that that scene with Elon Mitchell Smith in his briefs and that half shirt, I'm just saying it had me feeling a certain kind of way. <laughs> like, okay, the way it was getting, like in very, a hotel lobby, gay. masturbating with a magazine. Very <laughs> much so. Oh, and for the rest of you, he was the one that wasn't Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, right. no, I, 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 we, when he described it, I figured that's who it was. <laughs> yeah, now, 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 and I'll tell you, I just no. <laughs> but, but enough about that and my my horny adolescence. You know, the movie itself, like I said, it was really funny, but it's one of those things that it has just aged so poorly, and I don't know that I would be okay with an adolescent watching it now. Mm, yeah. Especially A lot of 80s John Hughes, kind of, they have some things where you're just like... Indeed. Yeesh. Okay. Yeah, well, and when, when we get to my number one, there, that's going to be... That's gonna figure in big time. I am shocked that they have not tried to remake that with a gender swap yet. I am shocked. You know what? Although I have to say, 
One of the most telling scenes in that movie is when they're designing her boobs. And of course they make them comically large to begin with. As an illustrator and cartoonist, I have such a problem whenever I see illustrations of like superhero ladies or like Wonder Woman or Catwoman or anything like that, of, of beautiful artwork, but they have these ridiculous boobs that yeah. don't exist in nature. That bothers me so much. They have movement. They are made of meat. They are not these perfect spherical basketballs that just suspend over a chick's collarbone. And That's their superpower, don't you know? It yeah. really bothers me. I understand that it's a niche, and I understand, but it's just bad anatomy. It just really is bad technique, and it bothers me. And that just made me think of that thing in Weird Science. And yeah, why, why are boys like that? Why? Why? Ain't y'all seen um, titties before? Why? Oh, we have. Boys are garbage. Second of all, yeah, we've seen titties. We just want to see more. More. <laughs> more. It's all one place great. So you're saying, you're saying quantity over quality. Uh, yes. I'm saying that's both. I want quantity and quality. Boy. Yes. That's sad, Derwood. Uh, yeah, it is very sad. Boys are garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My next one, I've told this story. I don't know if I've ever told it on the podcast, but I've definitely told it to people I know. And again, I was raised badly. Mm. Badly. So you've said that many times. Yes. So, as I've said before, I grew up dancing. And when this movie in the 80s came out, and it came out on uh, VHS for us to rent, my best friend and I, our moms, who my best friend also danced because I didn't know anyone else, um, they were like, well, we're going to rent this for you guys, and you can watch the dance parts, but you can't watch the rest of the movie because it's rated R. Please be showgirls. Please be showgirls. Shut up. It's not showgirls. And it was, it, it was flash dance. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to say dirty dancing. He is a stripper. And She's a dancer. No, darling. Darling. And those were the parts that our mothers let us watch because <laughs> the rest of the movie was rated R. So, so we couldn't watch that, but they would they sat us down and let us watch the dance and then they would fast forward through the through the the, the soldering gun scenes. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> what? So How I, dare you learn a trade? <laughs> watch this film. I was like, they showed us the dirtiest parts. Like, <laughs> did she go? Did she go naked in that movie? No. Oh. But why would you show your like? We're gonna let you see the strippers, but you can't. It's like watching Cinemax and only showing the softcore bits, and like, what? and then fast forward through the bad dialogue. We're going straight to the penetration, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Oh, we got to see the figure skating. Then let's watch the figure skating and oh. the dance. That was it. That was all we could watch. until. And then I was like, when we were, I remember Christy and I being like, okay, when we get older, we got to watch this movie. Like, obviously, there is some really dirty stuff in there. If this is what they let us watch. I was so upset and disappointed. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that your, your mothers probably let you watch that because they wanted to instill in you a sense that it was not okay to shame sex workers <laughs> and that sex work was... I'm just kidding. They were probably getting drunk and needed the kids out of their hair for two hours. <laughs> they with us. Drinking. They were getting off on it. And that's the other thing. With no context. Yep. Just, here's the dance part. So your mom sitting there with a Colt 45 and a remote. <laughs> Warped. This is why I'm warped. In, in my mind, your mother is Billy D. Williams. Don't make her that cool. That's true. 
Joe. All right. Uh, mine is um, another movie from 89. It later got turned into a very popular TV show. This is a dramedy. So not really quite for kids, but I did see it probably around when I was 10 or 11. And it involved, there's lots of kids in it. And um, I can relate to some of this a little bit more now. But the movie is Parenthood. Yet another movie with Martha Plimpton from The Goonies. Oh, it's so Bill and Ted. I mean, well, Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted. Steve Martin is the lead. Basically, Steve Martin, Diane Weist, and... um, Oh my God! There's so many people in it. Oh God! What's his name? Um, Tom name Pulse. Tom, Tom Pulse and um, some other lady are all the siblings. Jason Robards is the dad. Um, the other lady is married to Rick Moranis. Um, but there's lots of things, and there's and there's it's you know dealing with all these different families and stuff in one big family and all the different dynamics. And there's just some great scenes. It's a great movie. You should really see it if you haven't seen it. But. Um, a few things that jump out at me um, that when I watched it when I was old, I'm like, oh, oh, like the power goes out and um, everyone's over for dinner at Diane Weiss' house. And you hear Steve Martin, I'll find the flashlight. And then the power comes back. All of a sudden, the lights are still out. The kids kids are freaking out. And you kind of hear this. It's like, what's wrong with this flashlight? Why is it coming on? And then the light comes on and he's like, and we're like, oh my god! And he starts laughing because he found her vibrator, not the flashlight. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, the they talk about they talk about diaphragms and how um, Rick Moranis' wife wanted to have another kid, but they wanted to raise the daughter to be like she's like a genius already. But they agreed on a certain amount of time, and but she wanted another kid, so she poked holes in her diaphragm. No idea what that meant. Um, there's a scene where they're talking about. Um, Steve Martin. Oh, Mary Steenburgen is um, um, Steve Martin's wife. And he's talking him. She's talking to someone else. And how sometimes when um, he gets someone gets a little stressed out, she goes down on him to help him relax. And they're driving home from something and it's been a stressful time at like a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. Oh my! And Steve Martin is like, "I'm so tense. I'm so stressed." It's like, really you want some help? And then you see her unbuckle. It's like just. Relax, and then it cuts to a cop, the car in an accident, and a cop is all like, "So what was happening when you got in the car?" And he's like, "Show him, honey." <laughs> Over my head, like Martha Plimpton, Keanu Reeves are a couple of their their you know teenagers, high school, like they have a sex tape and all this stuff, and then Leaf Phoenix ahead of their time. He went, yeah, um, um, Leaf Phoenix um, before he became Joaquin Phoenix was um, and we youngest child and basically has this brown paper bag that keeps walking back and forth in the house with and that doesn't interact with anyone and she thinks it's drugs. No, it's a whole lot of porn. Oh. And they find it and then basically the mom and like the aunt and the grandma are all watching it like like, oh I don't remember that. <laughs> and then he gets embarrassed. But yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff that went over my head where I was like, what does that mean? And like, uh just yeah, just let's go on. Um, I will say this, though, because we always talk about Keanu staying in his lane. He is in his lane in that film. Oh, my God. That is like, yes, he is perfect in that movie. He is in his lane in that movie. Yeah. Deacon. You're what? All right. So I picked this movie as a representation of a genre of movies that I was a connoisseur of when I was way too young to be a connoisseur of such movies. 
and I used them as educational guides when they really should not have been. And when I realized I've been, it was way too late. Uh, the me is the bikini car wash company, and it's <laughs> representing the genre of softcore porn. I watched so much softcore porn as a 10 to 12 year old. It would blow your mind. I was a fucking ninja at all. The way I would sneak watching softcore porn. I watched. Oh, so I have deep cuts of some foreign softcore porn films that you've never even heard of. That is would blow your mind. Yes, Were you it, a regular subscriber to USA Up All Night? Uh, no, because that was some bullshit. You wouldn't see all the they all the softcore. Yeah, I'm talking Cinemax, Showtime, the good shit. I have questions. <laughs> I'll get to those in just a second, Anthony. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I watched those, and I thought, first of all, that's what real breasts look like. Second of all, I thought that's how you had sex. I thought <laughs> you get behind a woman, and then you just uh, start uh, dancing like you're in a fucking R. Kelly video behind her, and that's how you make me. Uh, in a sense. But anyway, yeah. Um, so it was uh, it was eye opening the first time I saw a woman naked, uh, and then the first time that I tried to do something with that naked body, and I was fucking clueless. <laughs> so fuck you, softcore porn, for setting me back ten fucking years. It was hard to recover from that moment, and uh, I should not have been watching that at the age that I was, but I did. Um, and I have all of that filled up in my brain right now. That is useless. Fucking useless. Yes, Anthony, you have questions. My questions are as follows. Do they wash the cars with bikinis? Do they wash the cars in bikinis? Do they wash a bikini car? Also, what is a bikini car? Is it a car made out of bikinis? It is a car with bikinis in it? And like where Her when Herbie wants to go to the beach, Herbie needs to wear a bikini. Imagine a car wash where everybody who's washing cars is wearing bikinis. So then any car oh, wash yes. fundraiser that happened at a high school in the South? Uh, also on the East Coast, because I saw my share of those as well up in Virginia. I thought so, those were not bikini car washes. Those were called a host rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> and now answer your question. The host scrubbing. Mm -hmm. Is it the host doing the scrubbing or are you scrubbing the hose? I guess that would depend which part of the South you're in, Joe. Or is the scrub a hoe? And are we talking hose as in the gardening tool, or are we talking hose as in a hoe? Find out all of this and more in my upcoming documentary, Scrub a Hotep. <laughs> I, you know what, Darwin? Is I Bruce Campbell in that? Because I thought I got fucked up from, <laughs> from reading the Sleeping Beauty books, but I think softcore really messed you up, man. It, it really did. It really did. And I should not have watched as much as I did, but look... I have nobody to blame but myself. Nobody was going to stop. You legit thought everyone fucked in their underwear and there was no penetration? Um, in a sense, yes. I, I honestly, there was a time where I thought you could have sex fully clothed. And there had to be a sax solo. Uh, yeah. Well, of course. Well, I still think there should be a sax solo right? during sex. <laughs> And wind. There had to be wind, right? Like, you know, a fan going and everything's blowing. Yeah, that's why I keeps a fan going in my place at all times. Uh, Careless Whisper is always queued up on Spotify. Oh, because you don't have central AC. I mean... Look, we'll call them A, we'll call them B. All right. Yeah. This is embarrassing for Durwood. You're up. Okay. 
My next one is something that it was a soundtrack to a film that I hadn't seen, but that's really not going to make a difference when you hear what it is. Uh, and that was a tape my father played, again, in his car. And it was the recording of Eddie Murphy, Delirious. <laughs> now, when this came out, I was around eight years old. <laughs> and this, not only was it filled with profanity, Eddie Murphy at age 22, bad as he want to be, up there in his full-on red leather outfit, giving you the most homophobic, awful yeah. stuff you can possibly imagine. And, you know, uh, on the one hand, even Eddie Murphy himself has denounced most of that film and Raw. He said, he, as early as 1996, I was reading up on this, he said that he was very immature and he was very self-centered and he now has eight kids and the world is different. He's supposed to start another comedy tour once there are things again. So I'd be very curious to see, because I, I saw his, his hosting SNL and I thought it was actually really funny in some places. But when you, on a serious note, because we can, we can make jokes about, oh, how, you know, a kid isn't supposed to hear this kind of stuff, a kid isn't, you know, but really think about what me as an eight-year-old was taking in based on that. And what, what, what I was taking in was that gay people were bad mm. and were to be mocked and made fun of and got AIDS. And it was funny when they got AIDS and all these other things. And hearing this, of course, I wouldn't have thought that at that age, but you always plant those seeds and I think that's kind of why it is important that we keep an eye on what kids are listening to because those things get planted and those unconscious biases that we have can lead to a lot of self-hatred. Um, and I absolutely know that that happened in my case and I'm sure it happened in the cases of many other queer kids. So yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately that was harmful for me to hear. I, I hear you. That's a very well said, Anthony. I can. I. I don't have that same perspective. Um, I just remember. I didn't see Delirious for the first time until about 2015, 2016, and of course, at that time, it's cringy hearing those things. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't imagine what it had been like watching that when I was the age of when it came out. Um, a huge fan of comedy, a huge fan of Eddie Murphy, of course. Uh, and I can only. I'm not saying that wasn't funny. No, no, but still, I can imagine somebody who's not gay, um, but a fan of comedy and is now seeing, you know, I recognize, I recognize patterns, I recognize joke timing, I recognize rhythms. And so I see, okay, this is supposed to be funny. I could see myself saying, okay, this is how we make jokes. These are the things we make fun of. And yeah. then taking that and then kind of almost spreading that, uh, like almost like a virus. And then all the people that are... Um not funny and not talented thinking they can do that right. and then just repeating the bad parts and then that spreads wow. you took us to a serious place and i don't know if i want to follow that now. well and because we hear we hear so much talk nowadays of pc culture and cancel culture and how it's also bad and people should get to say whatever they want and it's like one of those things where you really need to take into account what you're saying like what are you really saying that that shit permeates a young brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and I always thought it's so funny because a term that was used a long time ago, well, a long time ago, probably like that I first heard it around the 90s was they're an edgy comic. Right. They walk the edge. Well, the edge means there's an edge. It means you can go over it. It means you go too far. Yeah. If there's no edge to go over, you're not edgy. You're a dick. Yeah. And being an asshole is not a talent. No. Oh, are you sure? No, it's easy. Being funny is difficult. Being an asshole is easy. Yeah. And it's lazy. It's lazy comedy. Yes. I prefer different lazy comedy. Was that your TED Talk? That was my TED Talk. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Hubba scrub tap, everybody. Okay, stop plugging your book. I meant ho scrub a tap. What? Scrub a scrub a ho tap. Scrub a ho tap. Thank you. <laughs> I swear I'm not having a stroke. <laughs> Are you drunk? A little. All right. So my next one, I, because I'm at home for no particular reason and I'm stuck at home for no particular reason right mm-hmm. now, um, and we got Disney Plus, I decided I'm going to watch all the things. Ooh. <laughs> now, I started with Marvel, and I watched all the Marvel And then I went to Star Wars, and I watched all the Star Wars. And then I did Pixar, and I watched all the Pixar. And then I was like, time for those Disney classics. Yeah. And there's some racist moments, not going to lie. I was a little shocked. It's been a while since I've seen some of them. Well, because, no, here's the thing. Like, everybody knows, you know, okay, Song of the South. Obviously, you're not going to watch that on Disney+. Mm -hmm. And, like, everybody thinks... But then there's the little ones you forgot about. Oh, Dumbo. Dumbo. Oh, Dumbo. Like, like with Dumbo, you think it's just the crows? Oh, it's oh no, no, no. No, 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 no. But that's not the one I want to talk about. The one I want to talk about is the one that children should never be allowed to watch because it frightened the shit out of me watching it as an adult. And I don't remember it being this frightening. And that is Pinocchio. That is some scary-ass shit. When that little boy gets turned into a donkey, oh yeah, frightening. The the aisle, oh my god, the whole thing is just Pleasure Island. Pleasure is just Island weird. is just really, really bizarre and weird. But and you it, want to know what's awesome? Guillermo del Toro is doing a live action. Oh, well, it it, it no yeah, live I'm action or a clay motion Pinocchio. You and McGregor, it's a cricket. Oh, wow. And it's a musical. Jiminy Cricket, everybody's like, oh, Jiminy Cricket. He is the worst babysitter in the world. Yeah. He, <laughs> he lets, sucks. He lets that kid run amok with no a babysitter. He's a conscience. Well, he's awful at it. I'm just saying, watching this now as an adult yeah. is not a movie for children, and you shouldn't let your kids watch it. It's not Especially the Roberto Benigni one. Dumbo or some of the stuff in Peter Pan. But it's dark and kind of scuzzy. Yeah. I don't like it. Like, I don't know. Pleasure Island, there's an overtone. There's some QAnon overtone to it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, Disney Plus, I'm just saying, I paid for my Disney Plus, and y'all are throwing me off right now because there's a lot of stuff that's not on there. And I keep having to go, I'm doing a thing. <laughs> they have to wait for some licensing. They made deals before. <clears throat> around whatever joe you're up last one my last one we venture into the 90s uh so as this came out this was a uh anime and tv show that came out when i was in high school and it came on around like 3 3 30 or so so i was home from school and i mean it it, it aimed for a wide demographic probably from you know eight nine ten to like teens or so but 
And I was just really starting to get into film, so I was starting to get some references. But the show in general, and then one episode in specific, is one of my favorite episodes of animated TV ever. TV ever. Um, the show was Animaniacs. And yep. I'm so happy it's going to be coming back. I didn't put this on my list because of you, Joe. I, I didn't put it out because I was already an adult when it came out. But the fact that, um, old man, um, man, man the man. fact that y- Wacko, Yakko, and Dot are vaguely the Marx brothers, except for Dot talks a whole lot instead of not at all. Um, the whole, hello, nurse. <clears throat> you know, like, I obviously, I was 14, so I, you know, was getting that. And then all the Orson Welles references, the fact that it is just beautiful. And I was looking this up today, and it was, so Maurice LaMarche, um, who does Pinky and a bunch of other stuff, who I actually share the same birthday. He's born on the same day as me, just 21 years before me. Um, like, so he's been, he's done so many things, so many shows, but like he's kept his Orson Welles, it's like the go-to Orson Welles. He voiced over in Ed Wood, the Orson Welles. Like his impression, he was the voice of Orson Welles. Like he was it wasn't, on a critic too. Yeah, but yeah, then like the fact that it was Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, the critic, and Futurama, the floating head yep. of Orson Welles. And he does the frozen peas bit because I guess that whole thing is so his so when he does it in Pinky and the Brain, it's almost recreating the original um TV show, the the, the commercial that um, Orson Welles did. And I guess that's just like one of his favorite warm-up bits. Like that's just something he's done for like decades. And then became Animaniacs, and then went even further with um, the critic and Rosebud Frozen Peas. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but that's not even what, and the fact that you had like a whole bit with Slappy Squirrel and who's on first at Woodstock with 60s bands at Woodstock. Then, like, no one get knows these kids don't know. Like, I know it, but barely. But my favorite episodes in the first season, and it was, it was, um, sometimes you had like two or three bits throughout an episode. This one only had two. It was the Boyds, which was with the Goodfellas. Which first off, it was a bunch of pigeons, and it was basically Goodfellas yep. for kids, because mm-hmm. you know. But then it was also the Birds, Hitchcock, and, you know, things that kids hadn't seen any of these movies, and all the references are spot on and, and amazing. But then the second part, it was a bit. Uh, the it's called Heart of Hearts of Twilight. Which basically is a combat. It's basically Apocalypse Now, where the Warner Brothers and sister have to go to fu- stop a rogue director from making a movie throughout the Warner lot, and um, it starts out like it does. And what's hilarious is it starts out with you just this is the beginning, the beginning of our story, and then it does like this is the middle, and then because this because the end was featured throughout Apocalypse Now, but the director they're getting is basically. Jerry Lewis making the day the clown cried mm-hmm. that like the unmade Holocaust Jerry Lewis and the so fact I'm like how much of this did you get when you originally watched <laughs> I it? did not get I did not get uh, the Jerry Lewis bit. I knew it was Jerry Lewis I did not know what it was referencing of Jerry Lewis um, I did um, I got um, the birds I got Goodfellas and um, I got a little bit of Apocalypse Now I hadn't seen Apocalypse Now but I'd seen part I had knew enough a little bit about apocalypse now but the fact that that episode is just one episode and you know almost 30 years later that's just so vividly in my mind and it's amazing and that show is amazing 
That, that's not the one I thought you were going to go with with Animaniacs. Which one? The one with Preps. Oh Jesus! Oh, that that I, I that, that yeah yeah the, um yeah that that, that that's low hanging. If I get sent twelve times a year from people on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, that, that's just low hanging fruit. This is I don't think so. levels. This one's got layers. Ah, let's see fingerprints. <laughs> Durwood. All right. Uh, the year I believe was nineteen ninety. Anthony, you may have to correct me. Uh, it's no. music. The group was Bell Biv DeVoe. The song was Do Me. Um, I should not have been listening to that song at that age, but I did. Uh, and you know what? It's not that explicit. However, there is a particular lyric in the song, I believe by DeVoe of Bell Biv DeVoe, in which he says, backstage, underage, adolescent, how you doing? Fine. She replied, hi, sigh, like to do the wild thing. Action took place. Like, Come on, don't get the J, the I, the M, the M, the Y, yo, I need a body bag. Um, he killed her. He, no, body bag referring to condom. condom. He oh. basically bragged about <laughs> having sex with someone underage. He bragged about statutorily raping a girl. And to answer your question, Joe, I do not know how big Ronnie DeVoe's <laughs> dick is. I prefer not to know. Uh, Ew. Probably Did you should... get a toe tag? Oh. Ew. Or a hoe tag? He, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, he and R. Kelly seem to have some similarities is all. That's fucked up. I was 15 when that song came out. That never occurred to me. Ew. Yeah. Underage. Adolescent. Not it's sexy. Not at all. Not at all. And I didn't realize it until I was in my 30s. And him and the crew used to do her. Ew. That girl was poison. Um, I thought it was me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I think you're up. Ew. But tell me right. when you smile again. That's a good one. That's a good one. Gangsta. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, highly underrated track, by the way. Anyway. Anthony, time to take us above the rim. Should have been on Hootie Mac. But anyway, um, I, before I give my number one, I actually want to give an honorable mention, which failed to make my list because I was sure that Joe would put it on his, and then he didn't. Uh, but when I was a child, one of my favorite shows frequently had jokes that I absolutely positively would not get at that age. And then, and this is going way back now, in the 90s, the show started to go into syndication. So now I was an adult, and I rewatched every episode of The Muppet Show. Uh. And it was family entertainment, which most people take as a pejorative term, meaning, you know, patently for children, but it's the no. truth of the matter is it's for every age range. And... There were so many jokes. I, I never understood why my parents loved watching that with me when I was a kid, because I thought they just put it on for me at 7 o'clock on CBS on Sunday nights. As it turns out, there was a whole bunch of jokes that were flying over my head and hitting them square in the forehead. And I love that I could watch this show all over again and enjoy it all over again as an adult. But there were a lot, there were a lot of, of off-color jokes in that series. Well, that's um, one thing I love. Like, when it was, what was it, um... What was the last 
the office style uh, Muppet show that was on. Oh, that was called time. the Muppets. Or uh, um, was it the Muppets Tonight? No, that was the late nineties. Oh, okay. The, whatever the one that ju- was just made about five, six years ago, that TV yeah. show. Um, I remember there was a big uproar. They're like, "This is not the Muppets." We know. I'm like, "No, this is the Muppets." We know. Yeah. You just were too stupid to realize. <laughs> <laughs> the best joke from that is the one you still laugh about from the new one. Oh, and the the pilot <laughs> where they're having a they're having a they're having a table read, and they wake up and Zoot is sleeping. And someone wakes up and goes, oh, hey, I'm Zoot, and I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, so okay. much, just all the, just the random, like, I, things that just happened through, through the show, the movies, everything. I did find that, that <clears throat> recent series uh, a little cynical for the Muppets, and uh, I did enjoy it, but I, I can tell why it wasn't a comfortable fit for a lot of people. I really enjoy Muppets now. Speaking I'm of Disney so Plus, I'm loving the new Muppets. I've only watched the first episode so far, and I very much enjoyed it. It's, and I will tell you, the guy they've got playing Miss Piggy is ah, no, brilliant. It's, it's about the sweetest chef. Yes, <laughs> he's got human hands. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, my actual number one. Sorry, we got so sidetracked there. Is a movie that came out when I was nine. Uh, and I didn't see it until a few years later, until it aired on HBO, and it became one of my favorites, actually. And I've talked about it many times on the podcast, and I used to put on... Uh, I have never liked sleeping in complete darkness and total silence. I need something on. Uh, so I do sleep with my TV on, and that goes all the way back to when I was a teenager. And when I was 13, 14 years old, I used to play this movie that I recorded on VHS every night. So there was a time where I actually knew this movie from start to finish. And looking back on it, of everything I have ever loved as a kid, this one aged the worst. And that is Revenge of the Nerds. Oh my god, that is, yeah, that is... I mean... Oh, there's so many bad things in that. Oh, my, I mean, like, geez, where where do you even start? Like, the movie is like a problematic buffet. Like, there's a literal rape scene in it. Yeah. And she's charmed by this. Yes. And I read an interview with the director from a couple of years ago where he addressed that and he said, well, I can understand in the Me Too era how that could come off as bad. I'm like, motherfucker, that was bad in 84. Like, what? You, nobody would just say anything back then. And I watched it every night. And in researching things about this movie, uh, one of the things that I didn't know was that the, 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 the sorority and the fraternity house games... Uh, Booger's belch that won him the medal was actually overdubbed with a camel having an orgasm, and good luck trying to unknow that. I didn't need to know that. Nobody, Damn nobody didn't know that, but it's out there. I didn't need to know that. Yes, and and since sound engineer Joey asked me to repeat that, I, I would just like to say once again, when Booger gives the belch that wins the medal at those games, that was actually overdubbed with a camel having an orgasm. Nobody oh, knows. Yeah, I know that. God damn didn't it! You know that? I thought everyone knew that. That's just I. I didn't know that. But this this movie. Ew. Just the racism, the homophobic stereotypes, the misogyny, the bullying. Yeah. Anthony Edwards looking so damn bangable. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Logan looking so dang bangable. Mm. I'm sorry. All of your weird crushes, that's the weirdest. Yeah. Ugh. 
I don't know. Man. I could see Goose. I could I, see Goose, but not not in Revenge of the Nerds. I was about it. That's sad, man. Hey, I was I, maybe I was brought up badly too. I don't know. Not as worse. <laughs> um. Okay, my last one. <laughs> I remember watching this movie when I was a kid, and it. I don't know why it didn't. The, the dramatic parts never, I don't know, I, I think when I was little and my friends and I were watching it, we thought the boring, we thought the dramatic parts were boring, so we really just didn't pay attention, because again, we were watching this for the dancing, and that movie is fame. Oh. And the dancing is amazing. In fact, to this day, if fame comes on and I'm driving, you're going to get a hell of a show at the red light, because mm. I am about it. She undoes her, her top and starts crying. That's the problem. <laughs> After I got older, it was on, and I thought, oh, I haven't seen Fame in a while. I'm going to watch this. I am so sad that I watched it. And then, yeah, because you see the end of that movie where Irene Cara's titties are so sad, even she starts crying. <laughs> that is wrong. <laughs> that movie is depressing. Like, really depressing. <laughs> The life of a performer is depressing also, Amy. That, that is true. <laughs> Debbie Allen warned us. Yes. She yeah. warned us in the first act. No, no. And I get it now as an adult. I get it. But like like I said, I guess when I was little and we watched it, we were like, we just didn't pay attention to the, the, the dramatic parts. Or we just thought it was boring. And we were like, eh, we'll just start watching again when the dancing starts. <laughs> that is a really traumatic movie. It is. How do I start paying for it with sweat? Anybody figure that out? It's true. It's true. And by the way, the exploitation of young women in the film industry is fucking disgusting, and I'll totally hurt you if I found out you did it. That's just anybody out there, yeah. so you know. Thank we're all making jokes here, but that shit ain't funny. Yeah. Not at all. You're the one that made the joke. And I'm saying that shit ain't funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That was good, guys. Good job. Thank you, Thank you very much. We all raised badly. I don't feel like that anymore. <laughs> we turned out okay. Yeah. Although, um, Anthony made me think of another one um, that, because I was not allowed to really watch a lot of R-rated movies and stuff like that until I was like much older. And But for some reason, when I was in sixth grade, I was allowed to listen to a tape recording of... Robin Williams, 70s stand-up, reality, what a concept. So much cocaine. Oh, my God. How was I allowed to listen? Like, I could, like, I hadn't even listened. I think around that time is when I finally got to see Major League. Like, that was, like, the level I was allowed to get to. 70s coked out Robin Williams that you brought to sixth grade camp and had memorized? Sure, why not? <laughs> so, I still have that tape, which the girls found in the tape deck. Like, I, we don't know how to play this. What is it? I'm like, nope. <laughs> it's a book on tape. You don't care about That's it. Parenting joke. Well, and that that does bring to the thing. I I, know, I want to say one more because you made me think of something else uh, when you said about your dad listening to the uh, in the car about Valerius. Yeah. My dad, he loved Ray Stevens, and if you don't know who he is, he did like funny country music, and there was one called The Streak. Woo! About a guy who would run around and flash with And my father thought that was like the funniest thing. Well, it, it kind of was. It was one of my mother's favorite records. <laughs> but again, not something you get your clothes on. <laughs> not something you want to promote. Your, your mom's children. favorite part. 
Okay, you were saying, go ahead. I'm Any going. excuse for a slide whistle is a good one. And you can purchase one at my whistle wagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the purdy wagon. The purdy wagon. But Joe, that again, I wanted to ask, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but if anything comes to mind, please share with the listeners if, because obviously you have seen with a seven and five-year-old your fair Deep share things. of kids, kids programming. Is there anything that you've ever seen in stuff they were watching where you were like, did a double take? So, not, I mean, there's some stuff, not a lot, but so, because, you know, I'm a good parent sometimes and need to get work done. So, like, I just give them their tablets and let them play the games because, eh, fuck it. Um, and, but we set the age restrictions on stuff. And, like, we've had, you know, there are t- sometimes I wear headphones, sometimes I don't. And then all of a sudden, I'm, like, doing some work, and I hear this game, and all of a sudden, it's like, I hear this, now shave my legs. I'm like, what the fuck are you playing? What the fuck? What? She's grooming animals. Like, it's a game where it's like, it's a giraffe. And like, she had just put a bow in its hair. And then it's a shape. I'm like, what the fuck game? Like, okay. It's, it's Does giraffe need to be shaved? Apparently. Like, has every like, giraffe I've ever seen been silky smooth? And I didn't even know. I don't know. But like, you know, or, you know, they... Maybe just going to wear some, you know, nylons or something and just easier. I will tell you, Joe, as one of the uh, babysitters of your children, (laughs) I try to be careful what we're watching because I don't want to, like, you know, overstep my bounds. But I will tell you, one of the best shows, and the show I got Anthony in because I watched it with your children, (laughs) was the Barbie's Dream House show. It's so good. (laughs) It's hilarious. That show is dope. We actually had to have we had to, we had to have them stop watching because, especially at the age, because I want to say Lily was probably five at the time. They were too young to be watching. So the problem is like because there's a lot of sarcasm in it and there's a lot of more kind of they couldn't quite discern between that. So it was like, okay, this is a little too old for you. You're not old enough yet. This shit's hilarious. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> I loved watching that. I, made another, and I showed him the bikini car wash company. I hope I that's seen it. Whatever. Okay. Um, Wait, there yeah, no, there's just there's just lots of like, franchises. I mean, <laughs> is there a bikini car wash in Magtown? There was. I mean, there I'm was. Sure a, you can find one. People, so, well, yeah, there's one no. thing I've learned tonight in this episode. It's the next time I'm driving by the world-famous San Diego Zoo and I look at the silky legs of a giraffe, I'm going to think to myself, that giraffe is fucking tonight. <laughs> if you like what you heard here, you can get a dose of our funny every day on Twitter. You can find us at Pop Culture House, or you can follow me, Anthony Donovan, at Daboy, D-A-B-O-Y. I am at Reggie Swing. And I am Prisoner 246 ob one I don't do Twitter. And if someone wants to email us and give us their thought on shaving giraffe legs, you can contact us at thehouseofpopculture at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Silky smooth. We (laughs) want to thank the silky smooth sound engineer, Joey, and everyone for listening. And if you like what you heard here, you can also go to our Patreon page at the House of Pop Culture. And for just as little as a dollar a month, you can subscribe to exclusive features, our before and after show which i can't wait to hear what joey's gonna say tonight (laughs) but you can check out all of our stuff and uh we will see you next time yeah i think we learned a lot good job guys Mm -hmm. yeah backstage underage
No! How big is his dick? Body bag. How about Scrotep? Wait, what is it? Cut trade. Hotep. Cut trade. Bubba Hope. <laughs> That's my favorite chicken dish. 